three, two, one. We're live. Hit it. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Over Chatter podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Wimp, and if you haven't yet done it, please go hit that subscribe button. And if you're out there and you enjoy listening, please go rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're using. My goal is for the podcast to grow naturally, so your rating and reviews are what's going to help expose it to other people who also enjoy personal development. If you want to give me some feedback or suggest a topic to cover, you can send me a message on Instagram. It's at the Mind Over Chatter Podcast One. In today's episode, I'm going to give you six uncomfortable truths that we all need to accept. I think it's so easy for us to get caught up in our day-to-day lives without realizing that most of our problems and frustrations are inevitable. We have to go through uncomfortable situations to be able to look back and say, yep, I got through that, and now I know how to get through it next time. And as we continue to go through life's battles, we start to understand that really, no matter the specific details, there are these few all-encompassing truths in this world. Truths that must be experienced, but once understood, can change the way you live your life. Now, you may have heard a few of these quotes or sayings in the past, but my goal here today is to bring them to light and to challenge you to open your mind. Because I believe that only after you experience and acknowledge these truths, will you be able to see your life from a different perspective? So what are these six truths? The first one I'm going to share with you today says, if you are happy alone, you'll be happier together. And to me, this means your singleness is as important as your relationship. So many people skip the singleness step and it directly affects their happiness and their identity. There's no type of attention or affection that can fill the void in a person who doesn't know and love themselves already. But it's your job to fill your void. But instead of looking in the mirror, we date one person after another after another, waiting for the right person to somehow find us and fix us. We're hoping for that sense of personal security, but we won't ever get there because personal security lives inside of you. Oftentimes, we don't take the time to be single, and what happens is we end up dating someone who also didn't take the time to be single. And that codependent relationship filled with frustration because you expected them to change you, and they expected you to change them. So now, you not only still feel the void within you, but your partner is looking at you to do the work for them. Like if you're a single guy or girl and you think you'll never be happy because you haven't found the one, maybe you're looking for happiness in the wrong places. Are you looking for happiness in the clubs? You tell yourself you're searching for Mr. Right, but everywhere you're looking is where you'll find Mr. Right now. So take a break from all that. Because I tell you this, the only thing left to do is to learn about yourself. Singleness is your time to figure your shit out. Everybody always talks about single versus relationship, thinking about sex with some people versus sex with the same person. But if you're able to put all that aside and think about it in a very basic way, singleness is when your one single responsibility is to not die. 
right? Your one single obligation is to take care of yourself. Like when a buddy asks you to go out on the lake today in two hours, you only have to think about yourself. You only have to think about what you have going on. And that's amazing because there will come a day where you have to think about your husband or your wife or your kids or your grandkids or your parents or your cousins or anybody other than you. So being single is not so much about a relationship. I'm single means I'm me. I'm doing me. I'm allowed to only worry about me. And it's when you truly can be selfish and focus on yourself, your happiness, and what you like to do. Like when you're not going to parties every weekend, you find out you'd actually rather go to an outdoor concert. Or maybe you find out you love hiking with your dog on Saturdays. You're able to expose yourself to so many other things that begin to peel back the layers of who you really are. And check this out. After you spend months or maybe even years figuring out you, you get to the point where you don't need someone else's attention to feel joy and purpose. You've learned to be happy on your own. You don't need to have flirty conversations with four different people because you've learned that spending your weekend doing what you love to do is actually more fulfilling. So now when you look for someone to share your time with, you're not looking for someone who can fix you. You're looking for someone who compliments you. You're not looking for someone who can make you feel beautiful. You're looking for the man that reminds you you're beautiful because you already knew that. And through this process... You'll still get the DMs, you'll still get people asking you out on dates, but now you know who's worth it and who's not. Now you know who you are and what you deserve, so you won't entertain messages that do you no good. You start to find out that the qualities you were once looking for were just things you hoped someone could fix about you. Moving on to number two. Happiness is where you are now or nowhere at all. It's not a new relationship, it's not a new house, it's not new clothes, it's not a new job. Until you give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else, it'll never be where you are right now. When I went home for Christmas last year, my mom showed me a little notebook my grandma used to use to write down impactful quotes, sayings, passages from books that she would read. I remember holding it and thinking, wow, this is a collection of of all the most meaningful quotes my grandma lived her life by. It was like a little piece of time that embodied exactly who she was. And as I flipped through it, I saw a quote that says, Sometimes it's important to pause on your pursuit of happiness and just be happy. Think about that. When's the last time you just let yourself be happy with where you are in life? Our entire life is one long pursuit of happiness. We're always looking for what's next. Who should I date next? What do I save for now? Where do I want to move? Do I want to change jobs? Will I ever be able to buy a boat? Will I ever get married? Should we start having kids? What about actually pressing pause and being happy? Like if five years ago, I was working my ass off to be where I am now, but how can I appreciate where I am now if all I do is worry about where I'll be in another five years. Does that make sense? The ironic part is we never actually get to experience the happiness we're working towards because once we get there, we're too focused on what's next. You won't find happiness in a relationship because happiness is on you. 
You won't find happiness in buying new things because you most likely bought new things to impress people. And when those people aren't impressed anymore, the happiness is gone. You won't find happiness in money because then you have even more resources to use when you're looking for happiness in every area besides the present moment. I'm not asking you to just get comfortable with life and give up on your dreams. I'm asking you to take a day off from always thinking about what's next. Enjoy the life you've been working towards. Do this. Take one day, and from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, surround yourself with people and things that make you happy. It could be a day trip to Holiday World with your family, or it could be something small like grilling out with your friends in the backyard all day long. Enjoy this process, because that's literally life. And if you don't, you'll get to your deathbed and wonder, What was the point of all this? If you never take a day off, out of the rat race, you'll never appreciate the life you've worked so hard to create. And so the third truth I have for you says you're only as good as your word. This is a huge one. We've all heard it said a thousand times, right? You're only as good as your word. But if you break it down to its most raw form, That means you are only as decent and respectable as your ability to tell the truth or follow through on your actions. We're talking about your honor here. Your honor is your word. And it's the only thing that cannot be taken away from you by somebody else. So when you're dishonorable, you give up your honor with intention. You're deciding that your words will hold less weight as you continue to do this. Are you someone who keeps your word? Or are you someone who tells people what they want to hear with actually having no intentions to follow through just because you think it's what they want to hear? Because I'll tell you now, if you're always making empty promises because you think it's what the other person wants to hear, it's not. And all that does is show the other person to trust you just a little bit less each time after that. The truth is we're born into a society that expects people to be true to their word. And rightfully so. It's a basic principle that means do the things you say you're going to do. When I was younger, this idea was drilled into my head. It didn't matter if it was getting up to cut grass on Saturday morning or having my bags packed for a soccer tournament. If you say you'll be somewhere at a specific time, you show up on time. My dad's famous for always telling me, if you're early, then you're on time. And if you're on time, you're late. It's because we're all taught that by not keeping our word, that has serious implications on other people and their lives. If you tell someone you'll be somewhere and you failed to show up because of whatever reason, you're literally deciding right then that your desires are more important than your honor. Like if you tell someone for months that you'll pay them back or you'll go on that trip, but awkwardly put it off for months only to let them down at the last minute. It shows us that these things are not a priority to you. And really, I'm even more concerned that in today's time, the commitment to keeping your word has lost its importance. And that's scary because your word is one of the only things that stays with you through your entire life. If this is you, it's important to know that as your words lose value, people will slowly begin to count on you less and less. And that sucks, right? Because if there's one thing we want our friends and family to know about us, it's that they can count on us. And the simplest way to work towards keeping your word 
is to think before you speak. Right? That sounds so simple. Think before you speak. No, really. Think before you speak. Be honest with yourself about what you're saying you're going to do. Don't let a promise leave your lips if you don't actually intend to follow through because you're not hurting anyone else's feelings. And if this is something you plan to follow through on, make it a priority. Set a reminder if that's what you have to do. Because through life, your honor is so important in the relationships you have with other people. The fourth truth I have for you today is taking no risk is the biggest risk. Now, this one's a little interesting because the things we live our entire life looking for are only on the other side of risk. Think about it. For some reason, we think we can accomplish amazing things without it involving amazing risk. You have to risk failure to succeed. You have to risk rejection to be accepted. You have to risk heartbreak to fall in love. You have to risk disappointment in order to trust. So if your plan is to always avoid risk, you're risking missing out on life. And what if I told you that staying on the path you're on is actually an even bigger risk? What if the job you have, the person you're dating, and the friends you keep is actually riskier than moving away for a job doing something you love? Sure, this path you're on now is comfortable, but what if even this isn't the path you want to be going down? In that case, either way involves a risk. But one thing's for sure, by not taking a risk at all, you are 100% guaranteeing it will never happen. Y'all, the universe rewards us for helping ourselves. And the process of helping yourself to grow and improve will always involve a risk of some magnitude. By acknowledging that risk, we can plan on how we're going to navigate the hazards we will see and choose which risks are worth taking. Like when I moved away from home, I was taking a huge risk. I was risking a comfortable life, friendships, opportunities, connections to the community, for a job in Tennessee, and a chance to learn how to basically keep myself alive on my own. Learning how to pay my own bills, buy my own groceries, and figure it all out for myself was so important to me. When you step back and think big picture, Sometimes the things we could gain, in this case my independence, will bring us closer to the life we want to live. Or let's say you're not willing to risk leaving a relationship because you're scared to be alone. You may want to really think about what you could gain from taking that risk. Yeah, you'll be leaving behind a relationship. And yes, you'll be leaving behind the good moments. But that's the first thing we think about, right? Wouldn't you agree that being single, creating your own happiness, and learning to be independent makes it a risk worth taking? Because I'll be honest, getting out of a crappy relationship only hurts for so long. Once you take the risk and are fully focused on yourself, you'll realize that all of those good moments you were afraid to give up didn't happen as often as you remembered. Once you're on the other side of the risk, you're able to see it from a different perspective you're able to see that your happiness is worth taking a risk for. The fifth truth says love is a choice. A lasting love can't rely on hormones and fate alone to carry it forward. And contrary to all the fairy tales we grew up watching, love is a choice and a decision we make. 
I remember talking with my grandpa a couple months before I married my wife, and I asked him all kinds of questions about marriage, kids, and how to have a successful marriage. Now, my grandparents had been married for about 65 years, so I knew whatever advice that he was about to give me was a proven strategy. I remember his number one piece of advice was to wake up every day and choose to love the other person. Love is a choice and a decision because your actions determine if it lives on or if it dies. What I mean by that is your actions or lack of actions directly affect the strength of the love in your relationship. Both of your actions determine if the relationship is healthy or not. Both of your actions determine how well you get through conflict. The love in a relationship is sometimes a result of the choices you make or don't make to support your relationship. And depending upon both of your actions and choices, a relationship could go a couple different ways. In some cases, you're choosing to love someone who isn't choosing you back. And if that hits you kind of hard, I wouldn't overlook that. Because if love requires action and choice, why are you choosing to give your heart, your attention, and your time to someone who is not actively choosing you back? Like if you're dating someone who does a great job of accepting your actions but doesn't return the favor, that's not even a relationship. That's control. Does that make sense? Too often, people choose to stay in a relationship for way too long, or they choose to put up with a one-sided relationship because the other person does show some effort as long as it's on their time. And if this is you, if this is your relationship, I know it's hard for you to even imagine what a healthy relationship feels like, because maybe you've never been in an equally contributing relationship So you literally don't know what it feels like. But trust me when I tell you, it's out there. And that's my point in bringing this up today. It's up to you to wake up and realize you should be choosing someone who knows you're weird and chooses you because you're weird. They know you're a neat freak and they wake up every day choosing to love your neat ass. Or when you both disagree on something, it's not always about who's wrong. Maybe it's about agreeing that you see it differently. So this is where I challenge you. Be honest with yourself and think about a couple things. Are you in a relationship where you're choosing to love someone who isn't choosing you back? Or are you the person in your relationship that could be more active in your love? Because only once you both choose each other will it ever work. The sixth and final truth I have for you today is it's not your job to fix people. The truth is you can't change people into who you want them to be. You can't change someone into who you think they could be. You can't ask people to see your worth just because you know how worthy you are. You can't convince people to be loyal just because you wish they would be. And you can't make a person see it differently if they're choosing to keep their eyes closed. The point is, some people are going to reject anything good in life because part of them feels like they don't deserve it. Part of them feels like they would sabotage it. And another part of them is still punishing themselves for past mistakes. But we know the universe has its own way of teaching people what they need to learn. Sometimes it's a bit too late. 
Sometimes it comes when they're not ready to receive it. Sometimes it comes when they're about to give it all up. And as much as you want to help them, guide them, heal them, or help them become the best version of themselves, unfortunately, it's not your job. People are on their own journeys, and us wanting something for them is not enough. Us hoping and wishing things would change for them is not enough. Only they can decide to be accountable, look in the mirror, become self-aware, and take action towards change. It's time for us to quit the fixing habit. Half of the problem is us. We have the ability to control our own thoughts, right? So then we have the ability to stop those thoughts from continuing. Like, to be honest with you, there are plenty of thoughts and conversations that come up in my life, and I literally say out loud, that's something I'm choosing not to think about, or that's something I'm choosing not to worry about. Because when you're not thinking about or talking about ways someone could improve, you in turn have less anxiety, less frustration, less disappointment. I'm not telling you to give up on someone. I'm asking you to let them figure it out on their own. It's our job to be the one thing they don't have, which is somebody believing in them. Because if they think that you see something in them, they'll always be searching for it. And really everything we've talked about today are things we've either had to go through or will have to go through to figure out on our own. It's the only way. Now, think about your life. Does your mind keep going back to any one specific truth that I talked about? Is there any part of what I talked about that really did make you uncomfortable? Because I hope the answer is yes. That means you're already becoming self-aware and the only thing left to do is make a change. And that's all I have for you guys today. I appreciate you coming back to listen. I'm going to leave you the same way I always do. Be nice to people.